0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. We give you thanks this morning, Lord, that we might be able to open your word and that you might be able to pour your spirit upon us, that we might understand your word. That you might reveal your word to us is is a mystery, Lord. And at the same time, your word tells us that you hide from the wisdom of men. So when intellectual men have tried to open up the scriptures, they're not able to listen, they're not able to hear, they're not able to understand what is in this book. But Lord, you make it so simple for those who come with a humble heart, you make it so amazing how you convert and transform those of us that didn't understand when we came to you humbly asking you to reveal yourself through your word. So I pray that your word today might be blessed as it issues forth. Men have called it the bread of life. That men should not nourish themselves only from bread alone but from every word that proceeds out of your mouth, Lord. And we have your inspired word with us this morning that we would like to share and impart into your family, Lord. I pray, Lord, that every heart would welcome your word, that there would be no distraction, that we would not have a closed door in our hearts towards your word, but that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness and that your word would make us wise And raise us up as your children upon this earth and lead us to triumph and lead us to understand what life is all about, how we're to live, how we're to fulfill our calling and then present ourselves to you and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let us hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you and fall in error And be led astray, Father. That your word would be the sword of the Spirit. That it would be a double-edged sword reaching the deepest part of our being, Lord. And doing a work there, O God. And Father, as your word promises, may it not return void. May it fulfill the purpose for which you send it out today, Lord. May it be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit and a harvest that would glorify your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I first came to the Lord, it came with a scrutiny of not knowing where I was headed to a Christian gathering. But soon thereafter, the issue was to begin to ask the Lord how I would be successful in life. I want to ask you a question this morning Do you want to succeed? Do you want to prosper? Do you want your future to go well? And so that's where I started coming into the Christian circle. And if you're not desiring success, I'm not, I don't think you're going to stumble into it. In order to be a successful person, you have to desire it. And we started two weeks ago with this message that I need to finish because it's important to finish what we start. And we started with this message called the World Changing Decision. People don't know how to make decisions. They don't know how important decisions are. But I made a decision 27 years ago that I wanted to know what success was. And I was was directing my uh, steps into prosperity. I wanted my life to come out right. I had been part of a lot of people's lives that weren't coming out right, and I didn't want to fall after their example. So I wanted this thing called the good, right, blessed future. And if you want a good future, you need to understand how to make good decisions. It's impossible to make bad decisions, to make wrong decisions, And to end up with right and good and correct results. It's not going to happen that way. To fail to decide. Some people say, I just don't want to make decisions because I don't want to mess up. Listen, that's the perfect ingredients to mediocrity. To uncertainty where nothing, you know, you have ice cream on one side and you have Cropola on the other side. And you said it doesn't make a difference. There's no difference between ice cream and crapola, And you're like, I'm not going to choose either or. I'm just going to be there. I I was talking with a wealthy millionaire in Switzerland. And he says, all religions are the same. And I said, all diamonds are the same. Because he's a diamond expert. He goes, no. I said, what if somebody sold you a fake diamond? Would it be the same? And he says, no, it wouldn't be the same. So how could you say that all belief systems are the same? You can't say that. A lot of people are in belief systems that will ruin their lives. And you know that there are some religions, some belief systems that say it doesn't matter what you decide, karma will take over. How many have ever heard that? Karma, good karma, bad karma. Listen, that's baloney. That has nothing to do with what God says. God says, choose this day. Do you want life or blessing? Do you want death or curses? Let's go to that, that verse there in Deuteronomy because it's very important. I believe it's Deuteronomy chapter 29. This is how important decision making is because you guys will ultimately reap and receive that which you choose. If you choose Wrong, you get the wrong result. If you choose right, you get the right re- result. Look what it says there in, in Genesis chapter 30, verse 15. Genesis 30, verse 15. I've set before you today life and good, death and evil. Man, that's that's intense. No, Deuteronomy, I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. I sometimes will mix my books up like that. It's Deuteronomy 30, 15. Deuteronomy, fifth book in the Bible, chapter 30, verse 15. God is saying, look, I've put life and good, death and evil. Let me ask you a question. Which one would karma choose? It's not going to choose. You have to choose. You have to pick what life is going to give you. And God sets it before you. So you're not a robot. You're not like, I do not compute. I cannot choose. Yes, you can. Choose that which is life. Choose that which is good. Why? Because and then you will live. And then you will have good things come about. Look what it says in verse 19. I call all of heaven as witnesses and earth. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I've set before you life and death. Blessing and curse. Therefore be indifferent and let karma choose. No. You have to choose. I don't like to choose. Because I might pick the wrong one. How many used to like that old program, The Price is Right? Right. Choose behind door number one. Choose behind door number two. I was like, what if there's a whole bunch of hay behind number one? And the car's behind number three. and And I end up with hay. Isn't that horrible? God says, choose. I've set before you death and blessing, cursing. Therefore, choose life. He even tells you what to choose. He even tells you what to choose. Therefore, choose life. Why? So that you and your children after you will be super blessed. But my grandmother didn't choose. And she chose wrong, but I have to follow her. No, you don't. Break off with bad choices, break off off with wrong decisions, break off with the attitude that you're a loser that you have to continue to lose. It's not what the Lord says. And so in that regards, God doesn't want. And and one of the things that really rubs me wrong are Christians that do not choose with excellence. Because listen, let me just tell you, there's one thing to choose wrong. And we all know some people that says, where's the caca? Okay, that's where I want to go. And they want to go to the bad, stinky, horrible life. They're choosing wrong. But then other people choose good things. They're like, well, I'm going to choose this because it's good. Listen, I want you to know what God wants. You're in the house of God. You're listening to a man of God. He's speaking the word of God. God wants you to choose excellent things, not good things. When the good things come, say, no, thank you. I'm waiting for the excellent things. I'm waiting for those things that God has prepared for me. See, he's an excellent, perfect He's an awesome God. And while you're offering me something good, I don't want to offend you by saying no, but I know my God. And he has something that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, hasn't come into the heart of man, things that he has prepared for those who wait upon him. Because a lot of times we don't choose right because we don't know how to wait. It's the first thing my mom told me. You wanna be a real Christian, you're gonna have to learn how to wait. Oh, I hate waiting. I hate waiting. How many hate waiting? You go to an appointment and they make you wait, then you're like, oh man, I'm waiting. God wants you to wait. God wants you to learn how to wait. And he's given us faith. Faith is holding on to what God has promised before you get the real thing. Faith is you're holding on to what God has given you and you're waiting for it. That's, That's faith. And a lot of people don't want to live by faith. And the Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. This is a walk that we've chosen. If we're going to choose the excellent things of life, it's a walk of faith. And it's knowing that you're not going to settle for less. And you don't want anything short of what God has promised. You will never know why life has become so bad, so wrong, and so lost until you understand if your life is bad, if it's wrong, if you're lost, it's because somewhere in that road, you didn't make the right decision. You, you dropped the ball with decision making. See, it wasn't karma that messed up the prodigal son. How many remember the story of the prodigal son? Man, karma really hit him in the rear, man. That guy's eating pig food. He's far from home, man. He's lost everything. That's karma. No, it was wrong decisions. It was bad decisions. It was decisions that weren't consulted on with the Lord, that weren't confirmed by his people, that weren't affirmed by the purposes of God. And so God wants us that are going to change the world. How many are going to change the world? Raise your hand. I'm going to make a difference in this world. I'm not going to be just like the rest of the people making mistakes. My friends tell me, Joaquin, wait till you get married. You're going to get divorced because everybody gets divorced. I said, no, I'm not. Why not? Because I'm going to make the right decisions in my marriage. I'm going to find out what God wants me to do. I'm going to find out how God wants me to do it. And if you're living life based on the ingredients of God, you get ready for some good cupcakes, amen? You get ready for some good stuff. But if you make the wrong decisions and you make the incorrect decisions, you take a right when you should have kept on going, and, and ultimately because you didn't ask God, and God was there the whole time reaching out to you. One, you know how I know that? Because it says it in Proverbs one. Let's go there very quickly. He says, "I was there. I was there when you were not even listening to me. Look what it says. We're reading Proverbs 1:24. It says, "I called you and you refused." God is calling you, and you say, no. And he says, how come? Because my grandmother taught me what I'm supposed to do. Listen to me. If you have your grandmother there instead of God, you're going to get grandmother results. But if you have God there, get ready to have God results. But God says, I've called you, and you refused. I stretched out my hand. You, grab a hold of my hand. This is God. And he says, no one grabbed a hold of me. No one regarded it. Verse 25 says, because you did not want any of my counsel. Disdain means you looked at my word as not important and would have none of my rebuke. That word means, hey, stop. That's a rebuke. Stop. You didn't stop. You kept on going. You're calling the shots and you're not letting God call the shots. And so as he did this in verse 27, he says, Now terror will come like a storm and your destruction like a hurricane when distress and anguish are the result that come upon you. A lot of people say, well, I was meant to suffer in this world. Listen to me. You're suffering because you're not following the Lord. You're not suffering out of righteousness you're suffering out of foolishness. And one of my pet peeves, and one of my things is that thing about Christians who have been called to make right decisions. They have the counsel of the Lord. They have the instruction of God. And they say, I don't want it. And so what they end up doing, instead of getting instructed, they get destructed. And you could see a difference between a person who is wise and foolish based on one thing. Ready? On the decisions they make. That's the hallmark of a wise man and a fool. His power of decision making. That's why it's so important. That's why you come into the house of God, for some of you, for the first time. And God's already unleashing his fury so that you might grab onto wisdom. So you might grab onto that which will change your life, your marriage, your children, your future, your ministry. Everything is on the line here. Based on whether or not some of you are sitting here right now, right now, you're sitting here saying, He's trying to brainwash me. Listen, Dodo Bird, this is for you and your marriage. I don't make money from your marriage, I don't enjoy your marriage. I don't know what God has in the future of your family. You do. And if I'm giving you something to help you prosper, how do I benefit? I'm just like that speaker there. That speaker is whoosh, is throwing my words. Oh, that speaker has something against me. That speaker probably wants Listen, I'm just a speaker. It's God who's speaking. I'm showing you the word of God. I'm making I'm putting it on your lap. We've been so abused. You know, some dogs are so abused, they could never receive anybody that will pet it. I had a young man come this week, and he says, I don't trust men. I go, that's great. Then a man, God can't use men for your life. If you don't trust men, he says, trust, cursed is a man who trusts in another man. I go, let me ask you something. When Paul was teaching Timothy, was Timothy's attitude like that? Paul cursed is the man who listens to another man. Bible says God gave gift to men. He gave pastors, he gave teachers. He gave godly men to instruct us things we would not otherwise know. Some of us didn't even know why our life is not going the way it should. And God has opened up his spirit in this place this morning to give you that lifeline. That if you start making good decisions you can look forward to a future that's bright. So wisdom and foolishness are all in the, made visible in the power of our decisions. In Luke chapter 7 verse 35 it says wisdom is seen by her children. Wisdom is evident by those who learn from it. If you are a wise person, everybody will see you're a wise person. This is Luke seven thirty-five. Wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who live it. This is not a matter of chance. It's not a matter of destiny. But wisdom is seen by all her children. Can you Do you know wise people? Yeah, we've seen some wise people. Have you seen foolish people? A whole bunch of foolish people. A whole bunch of people that are making the wrong decisions. So choosing is the greatest gift that a parent, making a decision is the greatest gift that a parent could teach his child. How to make decisions. How to make right decisions. You know what the word justice means? When justice is served, that word justice comes from the root word just. You know who establishes justice? Those people who decide just things. They decide correctly. When there's an injustice, that means it was a wrong decision. And for many people, their lives are a mess because they never get to the point of deciding correctly. Now, there's a curse for those that don't know how to decide. I don't like to talk in these terms because they're very strong, but I need to because if you decide wrong, it's a curse. One man came to me last week and he says, I married the wrong woman. That's a curse. So he says, it's a mess. Isaiah 5.20 says like this. Woe to those who call good th- evil things good and good things evil. That word woe in the Bible is not woe. It's woe. It's, it's a woe that says here come some bad things. If you call evil things good, and a lot of people do, A lot of people say that committing adultery is good. Uh, I was talking to a woman last week, and she says, I don't know why I can't be with my boyfriend. My husband doesn't understand it. You think it's funny. It's not. She's headed for some serious destruction because she can't tell the difference between good and bad. She doesn't even know what good is. She doesn't know what bad is. It says those who call evil things good, but there's also those that call good things evil. I don't trust your pastor. Why not? Just don't trust him. And your pastor, you've known him for 20 years. He's thrown you lifelines, pulled you out of the mess a thousand times. I don't like your pastor. He's too controlling. He doesn't like me to sleep around. He wants me to go to church. He wants me to be a real Christian. Oh, don't like your pastor. They call good things evil. People who decide darkness for light and light for darkness, they have it swapped around. They don't even know what light is. They don't know what darkness is. They want to pull their husband into the bondage of a place where there's no light, where there's no revelation, where there's no word of God. Why? Tradition. Tradition. The fiddler on the roof, right? God, why did you choose us? <coughs> Traditions. People that have bitter things that they call sweet, and sweet things bitter. I love alcohol. Mmm. Love it. DUI, drunken driving, not respected, no reputation, no honor. Love drinking. People have swapped values. Whoa. People that don't know how to decide. So I want to hurry along here because God wants us to use four major sources for us to make decisions. And one, and first and foremost, and I encourage you guys always to bring notebooks here, to bring pens and papers, and don't feel uncomfortable. If you want to bring your deck and just put it up here, it's fine too. I want you guys to get the word of God and to pass it down to your children and to pass it to your coworkers and pass it to your neighbors. And be the person with the counsel of God in your lips. And the way we do so is as the word of God comes forth through preaching. You take it in and then you take it to the world. Number one, making good decisions means that you're following the word of God. Well, that was easy. God's word was given to God's people so they could make the right decisions. You know that I want to tell you real quickly, you think that the Bible is an old book, but let me just tell you, all forms of government upon the earth are found in the basis of the Bible. The greatest constitution that was ever written is the United States Constitution. It's been around for more than 200 years and it's the, it's the governing documents that give this the greatest nation upon the earth. The peace that we experience, the, the, the work ethic, all these things are found out of the Bible because the men who founded this nation were Bible-believing men. And they incorporated all the teachings into their governing documents. And they were the ones that said God created men to be free. Free. That was a concept that was not known. In other countries, the person who has more money, who has the more guns, that is the strongest, he's the one that makes everybody else a slave. This is the country that says all men were created equal, that they can pursue life and liberty. And the pursuit of happiness. Where did that come from? Those are great words. The Bible. So let the word of God govern your life. What you'll be taught in the marriage seminar tonight at 6 o'clock will be principles that govern marriage. If you have no joy, if you have no peace, if you don't have that satisfaction in your marriage, it's because you've subtracted the word of God. And following the word of God, we see here in Deuteronomy 28, that God promised, if, Deuteronomy 28, if you followed the word of God, we're reading verse 13, Deuteronomy 28, 13, and the Lord will make you the head, and say with me, not the tail, not the tail, the tail is wagging the whole time, and going nowhere, he's made you the head, and not the tail, You shall be above only and not beneath. If, that little word, man, we hate that word, if. There's a condition here. If you keep his commandments. If you hear the commandments of the Lord, which he commands you today. If you follow the word of God, then you'll make the right decisions. We don't read the word of God. That's what I told the Lord. I said, the Lord says, I want you to be a prosperous man. But you're going to have to keep my commandments. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I have one problem. I don't know your commandments. He says, well, you better get to reading the Bible, my friend. I hate reading, Lord. There's no pictures in the Bible. I had to read the Bible to acquire wisdom. So that I could make the right decisions and not have to guess. You'll see there in Proverbs 1, it says the beginning of knowledge. These Proverbs, Proverbs 1.1. 1, 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, so that he could know wisdom. How I many want to be wise? Read the Proverbs. I've never read the Proverbs. That's why you're so dumb. That's why you've made wrong decisions. To know wisdom and instruction. To know words of understanding. To receive instruction of wisdom. Listen, verse 3. To know how to judge, how to make decisions. That's what a judge does. He makes decisions of justice. What is justice? Right decisions. Fairness, equity. Verse 4. To give understanding to the simple, prudent, knowledge. Jurisprudence is my doctor's degree. I have a doctor's degree in jurisprudence. What does that mean? One who knows about legal stuff. Legality, the judicial system. But he wants to make simple people prudent. He wants to make the young man knowledge and discretion to know how to split the pie, to know what's right and wrong, to know what's good and bad. And verse 5 it says, "A wise man will listen" God forbid, those of you that don't like to listen, they're like, can he hurry up and shut up? A wise man loves to hear and he adds to his learning. He increases. A man of understanding will always follow wise counsel. Verse 6, so that he could understand the Proverbs and the secret words. That word enigma means that which is hidden. The words of the wise, so he could understand their riddles. God wants to give us this understanding. It's going to require for you to keep his commandments, to know his word. Number 2, you need to fill yourself, say with me, with the spirit of God. If you have a listen to me. If you have a religious spirit in you, you will choose religiously. You need the spirit of God so you could choose wisely. I have men all the time and women. Oh, I'm very spiritual. Yeah, I can tell. You've wrecked your marriage. You've wrecked your, your children. You've wrecked your family. You've wrecked the church. One guy came here three weeks ago. He says, my mom, when I was growing up with her, she got kicked out of three churches. How would you like to be the mom known as the rebel who's getting kicked out of churches? That's horrible. It's horrible. She's religious, but she's not wise. She has a spirit of religion. She has a spirit of pride. Spirit of God knows what, but it's not the spirit of God. I know a religious spirit when I see one, because when they come up to me, they want to talk about doctrine and theology. And I want to talk about them. Tell me about you. Well, the book of uh, Kings in the Hebrew is translated to, brother, where's your wife and kids? Which one, number four or five? Number six or seven? See, when you shut down a religious man, he can't show you a wise life. But when someone has the Spirit of God upon them, they're like, I want you to underline in Isaiah 11, verse 2 to 4. You need the Spirit of God because it's a Spirit of excellence that will press upon you so that you can choose wise things. When the Spirit of God is upon you, it it beats stupid. The Spirit of God is a wise spirit. And it says, By w- but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide equity. Verse 3. You guys are on verse 4 here. You guys got to go to verse 2. Look at The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Well, what is that Spirit? It tells you. Spirit of wisdom. Spirit that allows you to understand things. The spirit of advice, counsel. It's a spirit that is mighty. It's a spirit of knowledge. It's a spirit of fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. When you have the spirit of God upon you, you're not going to have, say with me, an unclean spirit. See, when you're addicted to pornography and sexual perversion and immorality and things that are not right, things that are wrong, well, why are they wrong? Brother, you need wisdom. You need the Spirit of God. If you can't know what's right and wrong, you're you're in serious problems. You're being led by another spirit. Because God promised in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, He's going to lead you the way you should go. First, we we go to God's Word. But second, we're filled with His Spirit. And it says in John 16, 13, However, when the Spirit of God comes, He will guide you. He will lead you. I hope you're following Him. These are the sons of God. Those led by His Spirit. There's some that are led by religion. Um, The Spirit is pulling you this way, but I'm going to keep on following, not the Spirit of God. I'm going to follow something else. He will guide you. He will not speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will come and tell you things that are going to happen. I love the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, when it comes upon you, you can't make a wrong decision. Look what it says in Genesis forty-one thirty-eight. The, those wise men in the Bible, one of the things that characterized them was the fact that the Spirit of God was upon them. And Pharaoh said about Joseph... To his servants, can we find such a man whom the Spirit of God is upon? This guy is full of the Spirit. This, my, this man is, is man, we can see it all over him. That's not, that's not normal. What that man does, how that man walks, where that man goes, there's a Spirit that's excellent above all other spirits. Daniel 4 verse 8 That was Joseph. Now Daniel 4.8. He says, There is the man whom the Spirit of God is upon. But at last Daniel came before me. His name Belteshire, according to the name of my God. In him is the Spirit of the Holy God. And I told him the dream before him, saying... And and Daniel was able to to tell the king the dream he had had, interpreted it. Daniel 5.14 He says, I've heard that you have the spirit of the gods within you. And you are filled with insight. You're filled with excellent wisdom. These are found in you. When the spirit of God is upon you, my friend, you will always, say with me always, make the right choice. You won't lose. But if you're not filled with the spirit of God you got deep problems. Daniel 2.22. It is God and His Spirit that reveals the deep and hidden things, the secret things. Pastor, how was I supposed to know the guy was addicted to pornography through the Spirit of the Lord? How was I supposed to know he was lazy through the Spirit of the Lord? How was I supposed to make this decision and not the other's decision? By he who reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what lies in darkness and light is with him. Number three, the things that we also use to make a decision is not only God's word. It's not only being filled with God's spirit. But it's it's being able to say, God, show me a sign. Do we ever stop to ask God to show us a sign? A lot of us don't. We're like, don't show it to me, God, don't show it to me, cuz then I'm going to be I'm going to be single again. Don't show me. I don't want to see it. My friend, Sixto Porras, you guys met him last week. He says this, "Before you get married, open your eyes real wide. Try to see everything there is. And after you get married, close them a little bit." But before you make that decision, you should Open your ears, open your eyes. What is God trying to warn you? I had one gentleman say, Pastor, why didn't you guys tell me to wait? Why didn't you tell me to wait? Are you kidding me? We want you to wait for God's season. Here, number three, uh, having God show you signs and wonders. In Genesis chapter 24, verse 12. Abraham sends off his servant. He says, go get a woman for my son. Make sure she's the best one. Go pick a woman that will marry and make a great wife. What did he do? This man, Abraham's chief servant, prayed to God. And he says, oh Lord, God of my master, please give me success this day. Show kindness to my master Abraham. Verse 13, see I'm standing out here beside this well and the daughters of the town are coming to draw well. May it be when I say to the girl, please let down your jar that I might have drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you've chosen for your servant. Let God choose. Let God give you a sign. And I love this story because no woman was going to feed 10 camels. The amount of work that needed to go into giving buckets of gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of water to these camels was unheard of. And I, I love this because the man not only asked for this sign, but he says, let her come and not only give me water, but be willing to Give my camels water too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. Let the signs speak. I don't want no signs. Don't give me any signs. I don't want to see. Let let God show you signs. A friend of mine, uh, Cy Rogers, was about to get a sex change. He wasn't a Christian. He he was a, a man who became a woman and wanted to go through the operation to become a woman. And one day, he, in the middle of his rebellion and disobedience, he said, Lord, give me a sign that you don't want me to do this. And the next day, out in the front page of the newspaper, it says, sex, transgender clinic closes. So the clinic where he was going to go get the operation closed, and uh, it was John Hopkins. And they closed their, their thing, and he, he said, this is God. He wants me to make the right decision and gave me a sign so I don't make the wrong decision. So this man let the virgin come out. She let the woman come out and she said, in and, and verse 17, he says, please give me a little water. In verse 18, she says, drink, my Lord. And she went to grab her jar. In verse 19, she says, she had given him drink. And she says, I'll draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. You know what that means? Gallons upon gallons. Of, she was going to give them water until they were no longer thirsty. That was a mighty girl. That was the girl I want for my, my children. Not a lazy bum. Somebody that's willing to stand up and, and build her home like a wise woman. And there it says, I'll, and guess what? This is the verse that bugs me a little bit. Verse 21. Without saying a word, this man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. Verse 22, this is the verse. When the camels had finished drinking, that's when he knew that she was the one. Because a lot of us start things we don't finish. He waited and saw the evidence that she was the one. Maybe a person has started to do something, they're not going to finish ever. And you chose before time. You didn't wait. He waited, and then he took out all the engagement bracelets, and he was able. So ask God for signs. Ask him for evidences of the decision you're going to make. Don't just make them and then regret it. Wait for the signs that you give God to show you that it's it's that. Wait till God gives you the evidence of what you're asking. James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask God. This is my favorite verse. This is the one I used. You're going to be a wise person, make wise decisions? Ask God to give you wisdom so that you can make the right decision. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Who are you going to ask? God. Who are you going to ask? God. That he could give you the wisdom to make this decision. All wisdom comes from God. And using wisdom to make good decisions is something God wants to let you learn how to do. Prayer is telling God, Lord, I want to make the decision you have for me. Give me the wisdom. Should I do this? A lot of people the last 15 years took their money into properties without asking God. You know who they were following? The economy. They were following the wisdom of investments. What happened? They all showed themselves to be foolish. They've done the wrong thing at the wrong time. They didn't ask God, some of them. In Joshua chapter 9, verse 14, Joshua is the leader of God's people. He's going to be confronted with a situation. And this is a sad verse. Listen to this sad verse. The men of Israel took and made partnership with the wrong people. Later, it bit the bullet. They were, they were putting themselves together, making agreements. And it says, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Guys, we cannot be those people calling ourselves Christians, world changers, the head and not the tail, the wisdom of God, people that will show the world that they're walking contrary to God and be making the wrong decisions because we did not ask the counsel of the Lord. So number four, it's not only God's word, it's not only the spirit of God, it's not only signs, but lastly is ask someone. Uh, last week Dr. Sixto Porra says God will never give you the next step of where you're going until you humble yourself and ask someone because God gives grace to the humble but he resists the proud so some of you are on the verge of breakthrough but because you're so proud and don't want to ask for help you're not going to get your lifeline you're not going to get the revelation of the next purpose in your life ask someone ask someone Those that will be wise will ask someone. The bottom line that many of the good decisions come from people who have a clear brain. And a lot of times when we're making decisions, our brain is not clear. We're mad, we're upset, we're fearful, we're doubtful, we have uncertainty, there's darkness, we don't see clearly. When John the Baptist was in jail, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one? Or should we wait for another one? John the Baptist was a tremendous man of God. But he went to ask. Why don't you ask? I'm embarrassed. They're going to think that we don't know what we're doing. No, we're not going to think you don't know what you're doing. We know you don't know what you're doing. A man sat in my office on Friday night and I talked to him a lot about what I've been being used by God for the last 20 years. I was talking about the restoration of his marriage. And when I finished talking, he says, I beg to differ. And I told him, you are a total idiot. <laughs> I told him just like that. Why? Because I, my car just broke down on Friday. I don't know anything about cars. So I took it over to the mechanic at Maruti Chevrolet, little commercial here, and I said, my car does not work. The guy says, the water pump is broken. It's old and it broke. I could have seen myself saying, I beg to differ. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. Okay, idiot, what's wrong with your car? I don't know. I just beg to differ. Listen, when you have a man of God, an expert who's throwing you a lifeline, shut your mouth. God has given you two ears and one mouth, so you listen twice as much as you speak. And so the man calmed down and he listened and he was super blessed. With what he heard from God's word. So this is this. Proverbs 24.6 Don't go out to do anything without receiving wise counsel. Because in the multitude of counselor there is wisdom. I'm going to prove the whole world wrong. Good luck. I'm going to show all those leaders in my church. They don't know what they're doing. Good luck. Wise counsel brings safety, brings security. Proverbs 26, 16. Lazy people don't want to ask anyone. Lazy people are smarter than seven wise counselors. You know what the Bible says about lazy people? They're going to be poor pretty soon. Why? They ask no one. Riches is the wealth of counsel that comes from you. Be careful who you ask. Hey, Brittany, what do you think about my marriage? Hey, Paris Hilton, you know, I, re- I, I read your interview on Teen Magazine. I'm going to follow your advice. Oh, no. Lazy people are smarter than seven counselors. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Ask someone where if there is no advice, the people fail. Where there is no counsel, you're headed for defeat. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Without counsel, the plans all mess up. That word, Ari, comes from the word awful. Without plans, everything goes wrong. But in the multitude of counselors, things are established. Proverbs 20, verse 18, plans are established by wise counsel. Go when you're going to war. Listen. You're going to build a family? Listen. You're going to go do a business? Listen. You're going to prioritize your time? Listen. I'm going to tell you what, uh, those of you that were here on Wednesday, uh, you missed a tremendous blessing of the Lord. And I told you guys, don't miss church ever. Because you miss church, you're missing out what God's going to serve on his table. We had Pastor Carl Toady, Carl Toady from uh, Lubbock, Texas. He just flew into town for vacation five days. And I called him and I said, could you come and share with us? He said, sure, I'll be there Wednesday night. So he came and he blessed us. How many were blessed? We were super blessed. It was a refreshing of the Lord on a Wednesday night. And so all of a sudden, he, we, we went out on Thursday uh, we went to have breakfast and lunch, and we just spent the day together. And he says, Joaquin, some people don't know that resting is one of the commandments. And I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. He says, some people think that committing adultery is wrong, and some people think that stealing and lying is wrong, but, but not resting is wrong, too, because God has, has commanded our rest, And many times when we don't rest, we're going to have a whole bunch of stress on our life. We're going to make the wrong decisions. We'll end up with the wrong results. A lot of people don't rest. They get stressed out. They come home. They tell their wives, I'm leaving. And it's all that they're tired. It has nothing to do with their marriage. It's just they're exhausted. Why? Because they don't rest. And so as he spoke to me, I could see that this is never going to be a time where I'm not going to ask someone. When I have Dr. Sixto Porras come, when I have Carl Toti come, it's because I want to be led by wise men. I want wise men to speak into my life too because I'm not finished going where God is headed. I want to make better decisions. Proverbs 16, verse 20, My son, keep your father's commands. Don't forsake when your mom speaks to you. Make sure their words are holy. Close to your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you are walking, they will lead you. When you sleep, you, they will keep your thoughts. When you awake, they will speak with you. Who? What you allow other people to speak to you. And if you go around like this, nah, 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 you don't want to listen. to you're, 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 You need the Lord. You need the Lord. Let us use these things we've learned today So that we might listen to the word of God, be filled with the spirit of God, ask God for signs, and finally open our ears to hear people before we make decisions. How many say amen? Amen. It's been a great morning in the house of the Lord. I hope it was worth your money. If you didn't like it, you could have your money back. God has been so precious and generous with us. Please don't be stingy and greedy and walk out of this place without giving the Lord your tithes and your offerings. A lot of people say, why don't you guys pick up money? Because I refuse, listen to me, I refuse to be dealing with foolish people. I refuse to be dealing with people that are grabbing the best of God and not returning what God, it belongs to God, his tithe and his offerings. Make sure that you're not stingy with God this morning. There's envelopes in front of your seat. Be faithful with your tithes and offering. I'm telling you, that's a great decision. Honor your God. Honor God with the first fruits of your increase. Bless God with offerings. Watch Him multiply it. Watch Him add prosperity and blessing to your house. Watch Him rebuke the devourer. Let's stand this morning. As we close this service, and we have finished our series on world-changing decisions these are things that you might want to take in and listen to them often you want to listen to this series often guess what the bible says we the church are teaching the nations the wisdom of god this wasn't anthony robbins this morning this is the bible this isn't some counselor positive this is the word of god and god is not a liar What he has said to us this morning is part of what he wants to lift us up and make his people the head and not the tail. Father, we give you thanks this morning for your faithfulness in this place. Lord, this morning we want to repent. We want to ask for your forgiveness. Lord, we've made awful decisions. We've been proud. We've walked in fear. We've walked in unforgiveness. We've walked totally contrary to your spirit. We have walked contrary to your word. If we would have had a thousand counselors speaking the same thing, we would have contradicted every single one of them. We would have said, we beg to differ. Father, forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive each man that leads a household. For each man that represents the office of father. Father. For every woman that represents the office of woman and wife and mother, Lord. For our children, our youth, Lord. For decisions they've made, Lord, that are not the right decisions. That are going to lead them on the wrong path. That are going to end up with the horrible devastation of wrong results, Lord. Can you forgive us, Lord? And wash us with the blood of Jesus? And cleanse us, Lord? Renew our mind. Renew the way we think, Lord. Remove rebellion, disobedience from our hearts. That we might follow you all the days of our life, Lord. That our decisions would be right choosing, righteous choosing. Excellence, Lord. To wait for the godly things in our life instead of settling for the good things. Lord, we give you thanks for this church that you have lifted in this time and this generation, Lord, to change the world. That wherever we go upon the planet, whatever language they hear this message, Lord, that we would lead your people, the body of Christ, to be a different people. Give us wisdom in our hearts that we might apply your word, that we might walk as wise men and women and children upon the earth. We give you thanks for what you've given us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God say amen. Amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.